You're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. I wonder when is the last time you felt like you were under attack? The doctor said it's cancer or it's COVID. (laughs) Your friend said they don't want to be around you anymore. Your spouse, they said, I think maybe we're done. Maybe you've been under attack financially. You lost your job, your benefits, your pension. Now you're upside down. Maybe something broke at your house or on your car and you don't have the money to fix it. And so you find yourself in a real predicament. Maybe you're under attack spiritually. You don't know why, but you're discouraged. You're depressed. It feels like there's a cloud that's circling you, that's surrounding you. Your thoughts, they're foggy. Your hope, it's fading. You know, what we tend to do in those moments is is we tend to look up to God and respond like this, like, God, where are you? I I thought you were good. I thought you loved me. I thought that you were going to take care of me. I thought that you were going to provide for me. Why why is it, God, that you hurt me? Why is it, God, that you're opposed to me? Why why are you fighting me? It's interesting what effect opposition or adversity has on people. People go in, in all kinds of different directions when they find themselves under attack. Like maybe there, maybe there is no God. Maybe, maybe God isn't good. Maybe God loves other people. He just doesn't love me. Maybe God's not actually that powerful. But what you need to understand is that it's, it's not just us and God. There's a third variable we absolutely have to factor in to everything, and that is Satan and his demons. And so I, I want to share a message today that, that's not going to be sweet. That's not, it's, it's not going to be like really soft. It, it's, it's, it's not going to be that comfortable. Because the reason you feel under attack isn't because of God. It, it's because we are at war. <laughs> But the good news is after 16 weeks of messages from a book that only has six chapters in the book of Ephesians, I want to share Paul's final words in a message that we're calling, I am victorious. Hi, welcome to Chew on That. My name is Keith and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. Hey, this week we're discussing week uh, 16 from the sermon series the book of Ephesians. Again, my name is Keith and joining me today, as always, is Pastor Dallas. Pastor Dallas, how are you, sir? Good. I am here. I am glad I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm moving to this song right now. And I'm just, you know, I'm liking it. Yeah, it's got a good job. Yeah. Got a good job. <laughs> and also joining us this week uh, is, 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 is Megan. Hiya, hello. I, 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 I paused for a second. Um, it may have sounded like I forgot your name. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> we have bigger issues. <laughs> but I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you what was going on in my head is, well, sh- should I say her last name? Oh. Oh wait. Should I say her last name? Try. Can you say my? Can you say my last name oh, correctly? I knew this is coming next. I knew this is coming next. So it's a test. I know it's not like the anchor uh, for 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 a news channel here in Green Bay. And it, it's 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 spelled the same way, but I know it's oh. not pronounced the same yes, way. Correct. It's not uh, Malik. No. It's Malik. Yes. Boom. Bingo. Ooh, I'm glad you did that because <laughs> I for sure hook. was going to do Malik. I was like, it's Malik. All right. All right. So, so okay. Well, we'll play that game. Okay. <laughs> Pronounce my last name correctly. Oh, I hate this one. Yeah, I, I know. Can, I can do this one. I know. But we, I've been corrected on it. That's the problem. Well, I, so now I'm I don't I'm ever scared. correct. I don't like ever correct people on it. Nope. Archiquette. Quet. Swing and a miss. See? Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. I heard Touché. someone. I heard, <laughs> it's cool. We're, I, I, I just, 
we might, I might be a better friend to you than, than, oh. than you mean. And that's cool. That's totally cool. You have a reference though. So you have something to bounce it off of. I do. You know, the, it's not this. So therefore it must be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. For me, I just know, eh, what's in my head is wrong, but I don't, I can't remember why. <laughs> I heard someone pronounce my last name cause yesterday. So, you know, <laughs> that's it happens. You said that. Cause? Yeah. With a Z? I guess so. Dallas cause. I was like, close no, enough. That, that's a person that just doesn't want it. You know, say it. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, I mean, if if you're like, I know, I know. Okay, uh, uh, and then they start just saying any other word that's in the in the vicinity. That's what that is. Maybe she's thinking of like xylophone. <laughs> I get. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing. X is a tricky letter. Didn't question. Ellis. Didn't even correct her. I just said. Yep, that's yeah, me. Yep, yep, for sure. I know what you're saying. So I had a friend named Kaz growing up. That's just a sidebar. I, so I, <laughs> I, I don't even want to say it's interesting sidebar. Uh, but the one thing I do, I, I like to like when I when I bring up somebody, I like to say like something mm -hmm. like that they were really good at. Yeah. You yeah. know, and 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 Kaz was he was the funniest human being I've ever I've ever. I've ever been around with a name like cause. I mean, <laughs> it, I it, hope you're funny. It, it, it was short for his last name, which I can yeah. pronounce you, you impeccably as well. Kosmoski. Kosmoski. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, he was Polish. hilarious. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but there's definitely right. a reason they called him cause they're like, cause my cause we're calling <laughs> you cause. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> that's your name. If, if cause is listening and I, I don't expect him to be, but uh, if he is, Hey man, you're the funniest dude I ever met in my life. Funniest dude. And sorry, Dallas. I'm two for sorry. two with last names here. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'd like to meet Cos now. Have a joke off with him. <laughs> you're going down. Yeah. All right. My so we, friend said you're funnier than me. I don't. I, I don't stand for that. All right. Should we? Should we get going? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Clip one. Here we go. We are at war. We have an enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone, anyone, to devour. The problem is too many of us are in denial of that truth. We live in a day where whether it's through psychology, media, or, or just a basic resistance to the supernatural, people just flat out don't believe in the existence of Satan or demons. Almost 70% of people in our culture today say they don't even believe that Satan is real. We've turned him into a figment of our imagination, a, a, a cartoon character, a, a mythical figure like an elf or, or like a fairy. And the result of that denial is every time we're under attack, we tend to question or we tend to blame God. And, and while we do that, Satan laughs and his kingdom expands. You know, it's funny, uh, that, that number 70% kind of shocked me. Me too. Me too. I, the, I was, I was going to open as mm -hmm. well because yeah. we both leaned into the mic Yeah, and I was like 70%. Yeah. 70. Yeah. Cause I was never, I, I'm the 30%. Like from the youngest age, I was like, I believe there is a Satan. I mean, as soon as you saw the movie legend, you're like, that's Satan. Like that's crazy. And, um, and I think. It's crazy because I always thought, and this is going to sound, you know, I thought about Satan a lot growing up. Like, 
man, is he like real as hell real like this? Yeah. And like, I just never had doubts, but in my head, I was like, what can I do to never go there? Because it was never portrayed well. There was one time in my life, I don't know how old I was, but I was like, do you think if I did go to hell that I'd be cool enough for Satan to be like, you know what? I'm not going to torture you. You're cool. Hang out with me and my band. Like, I don't know why I thought that, but I was like, maybe I can be bad enough to where Satan's like, hey, when I saw you in, in on earth, man, I mean, I thought this guy was bad. You're bad. Come hang out with us. You're not getting tortured. We're going to torture these people. You though, you're cool. And I was like, maybe, and then for like, it wasn't long after I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't even want to take that risk. I don't even want to take, so like, even I believed in God. I believed in Satan, like for my whole life. Um, and I had no doubts about that, but it did take me a long time to go, but how do I get to a place where I don't ever go to hell? That was the, that was what was lingering for a long time. So, well, in the, in the belief of if there is, or if there isn't, um, 70%, that's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, if you think about how many people are in organized religion in the world to begin with is also an astronomical number. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, 70%. So like what? Just shy of 5 billion people. Yeah. Don't believe that there is an evil force. Yeah. I mean, it is the 70% like Satan, like as termed Satan or, or cause like most, most religions on earth, believe that there is a, a singular deity mm -hmm. and that there is the other end of the spectrum at, at play. Yeah. And it's a battle between good yeah. and evil. Mm -hmm. I mean, so are, 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 is that number saying that of the five ish billion people yeah. that they say that there is a God, but there isn't a Satan? Well, I think when we say Satan, it's personal now. Whereas yeah. before, well, okay, we know we are raised, we understand there's good and there's evil and things are going to come after yeah. me and some things are going to go in my favor in the universe, right? And, mm -hmm. and karma, like we, we put out all of those things. People believe those things yeah. because it's not personal. Satan coming after you, that's pers that's against you. Like yeah. he hates you, not just, yeah. oh, there's evil and it's, and that's why my mom drank and that's why this and that's why that, right? Yeah. But like, no, Satan, he literally about you. And I think people don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to believe that. And, and I wonder also, cause now I'm kind of thinking about conversations. Cause here's the thing. Satan got brought up at the playground growing up and I didn't go to like a Christian school in elementary school, but like, but I think the mindset was, I don't want to believe in Satan because if I believe in Satan, that means like, I believe in him. Like, like I, I trust him in him and, power. I have, and I, you know, and I think that was, and so I wonder of the 70%, are people saying, I don't believe in Satan is because they take the word belief as in um, relationship. And you're like, oh, I believe in Satan. You know, I believe, I believe he's, he's, you know, he is the, the demon all like, I believe in him. Like, so like in their minds, is it like, I don't want to believe in Satan because then I'll be a devil worshiper. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I wonder if, is that what people's mindset is? Like, I don't want to think about Satan. I don't want to believe, I want him to have, you know, no, no. If, if he's not real, then I don't have to focus on him. And, but we do that with a lot of things too. Like we go, well, if I don't have to, if I don't, if I don't see it, I don't have to focus on it. I don't have to worry about it. Like, like world hunger. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Like world <laughs> hunger. Yeah. Uh, Megan, um, do you remember the age that you were convinced that there was a, a Satan? Oh, totally. Uh, unpack that for me. I was like, uh, 
probably 13 or 14. So, so quite a, quite a ways yeah. in, on this journey here. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're, you're relative, you're relatively young still. I mean, yeah. you're what most people would say a young woman. Yeah. yeah. I think 17, so, 19. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but, but, so I would, I would venture to guess almost halfway, half, yeah. half, halfway along this journey. Sure. You've concluded. Yeah. Keep, keep going on it. Uh, I think sometimes you, you can't always believe stuff until you feel it, right? You, you just feel it. And, um, I felt at that age, Satan literally fighting to win me. Wow. And I wow. felt, um, the, the sensation that I had was like, where my feet, uh, I felt like my feet were being cuffed, like with handcuffs and I was being pulled down. And I was struggling. I was so young and I was innocent, like mm -hmm. didn't know stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like I was struggling with super dark thoughts, stuff that I didn't even understand. I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And I was so sad mm -hmm. for like 30 days. I was sad. I would stay in my bed. Wow. Like I'm a kid mm -hmm. and I didn't know why I didn't know. And I was praying cause I, I believed in God and I was like, okay, well, Jesus loves me. Just save me. And I was like, I fell down one night and I was praying and I was like, God, what do I need to do? I don't know what to do. And I was like, I'm not moving out of this spot. I'm going to lay here with my head on the carpet until you tell me. Wow. And I wow. sat there for like, I don't know, 10 minutes. <laughs> long time. That's a long time kid. for a 13 year old. Yeah. And God said, you are mine. No. Wow. That's great. Heard man. it. First time I ever heard God. Wow. And pff, I was like, okay. I and you know what? I felt great after that. Yeah. I didn't struggle with any of the thoughts or the darkness. Yeah. It was done. I think, I think a, as a, and not like as a person hosting this podcast, but as a, a person listening, because there, there was a season where I was the listener of a podcast like this. Um, this would be like a, a moment where I would say, I don't think that that's unusual. Mm -hmm. I don't think that what you experienced was a, was a, an unusual event. I think the vast majority of the people listening have had events, not, not, not like lined up like yours, right? My, my instances were vastly different, but I think, I think the vast majority of, of believers, um, if I, I'd like to say, if you're doing it right, mm -hmm. yeah, have had an external internal struggle yes. with dark forces. Yeah. A war, like, like pastor was saying, a, a war where you're just like, gosh, I just, I feel like I'm not, I'm not winning. Yeah. I feel like I'm losing. And I mean, I, I love it because when those times happen, my wife, and I've said this probably on the podcast before, but my, my wife Shelby goes, God's up to something good because <laughs> I'm at war with the enemy and he's trying to distract me. And I was like, okay, yeah. And, and I, and, and that would encourage me. You know what? If I'm struggling, it means God's up to something good and the enemy doesn't want it. And I'm, so I'm, I'm excited. And it kind of brings back to like James where it's, you know, uh, count it all joy when you go through persecution, you know, because you will get a lot out of this. And I go, okay, I don't like it now, yeah. but I think I'm going to have a remember when moment where I go, remember when you struggle with that and now you're past it. Like how great is that? And that's, you know, it's a war. That's true. But, but, you know, we're not called, we're not actually, the Bible says we're not going to lose it. We are victorious. So, yeah. Uh, as like when, when instances like that happen in my life, uh, what helps me cope with it um, 
and come to terms with it is figuring out why exactly it was happening at that moment. You know, like I, I would, I would ask you this and you don't without an answer. That's fine. But why at that point in your life did that happen then mm-hmm. at that particular moment? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Yeah. I think, um, I was establishing who, who I was going to be. Wow. What yeah. was I going to choose? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I was in a small youth group and the people in there, like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I want to be like this. Like they weren't, you know, maybe they weren't totally spot on with some of the stuff that yeah. like they said, or they believed. And there was, there was something in that room. Like you could feel it. There was a spirit and I was taking that home and I was wrestling with it. And so just like pastor said, we're, we're wrestling. And so I think when you've been there and you're throwing punches with the enemy, if you don't have something to like look around to, to the other side, like, Oh, God's using this for glory oh, and for wow. good. Yeah. You're just Jeez. stuck in that, right. that moment of wrestling. And you're saying, God, why are you doing this? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With, with me identifying as quickly as I can, why the why of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause it's happening for a very specific reason, sometimes several very specific yeah. reasons. But if, if I live my life just thinking that the world is going to hand me terribleness and mm-hmm. I don't want to get to the bottom of why it's happening co- concurrently back to back, yeah, I, I'm no different than a person just like twiddling my thumbs and whistling in, in a dark room, right? Mm-hmm. just trying to keep my spirits up. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's just no way to live guys. Mm-hmm. No way yeah. to live. Yeah. So so let's read the final words of Paul because the Bible says that faith, it comes through hearing and hearing the word of God. So here's Paul's last thing that he says. He says, finally, (laughs) he's saying, he's saying after everything that you've learned about your salvation, about your friendships, your marriage, your work life, and your kids, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh or blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, like this isn't one thing. It is the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, the spiritual forces of evil that are in the heavenly places. Therefore, because you're under attack, take on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all that you can to stand firm, this is so practical, stand. Having fastened the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness says, shoes for your feet, put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith, which is that that helps you to extinguish the flaming darts or arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. By the way, he says, pray for me so that my words that would be given to me when I open my mouth would boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. So he opens with a finally, mm-hmm. and then he, he's saying like the last, the last, uh, the last thing Paul's going to write. And it's the last thing Paul's going to write in this, in this, uh, letter, mm-hmm. in this, le- in this letter to the people of Ephesus, the book of Ephesians is, is really kind of like a, just a, a letter. And yeah. if you read it like a, like a correspondence, um, uh, it, it, it plays out like a very triumphant correspondent. Yeah. 
Um, back then, writing letters, it was it wasn't a cheap endeavor to do. The materials to get a letter and to to get the ink and it was it was, the materials themselves were were pricey. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then once the letter was was written, usually translated by another person, uh, dictated while you spoke. Yeah. Um, in this instance, uh, then it was shipping it off, mm-hmm. like getting it to the people. And that was a long process to, yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't two day prime shipping. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we take, we take all that, mm-hmm. like this letter cost a little bit of coin, took a little, took a little bit of time to get there. This letter isn't really not that long. So if you're yeah. listening and, and you've been a part of this 16 week series so far, uh, truthfully, like, um, like when, when I was told it's going to be 16 weeks, it turns out it's going to be 17 weeks. There's yeah. last parts next week. Uh, I go 16 weeks, 16 hours <laughs> on, <laughs> on, on, on essentially a letter that, I mean, it's six chapters. I mean, shoot. If you're, if you're like waiting for like your child in, in like a waiting area for them to have a dental appointment, you'll, you'll get the, you'll get the letter done. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll crush that. I mean, if, if you're saying like you have uh, a lunch and yeah. you're, you're just going to read during a nice, easy lunch, you'll get the letter done pretty quick. Yeah. So when he said, finally, yeah. I, I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things. I mean, mm-hmm. he was writing, but I mean, it's not, I mean, I, there's certain text messages I'd probably said have sent in my life that are longer than the book yeah. of Ephesians. Um, so, but when, in that, all that to say that Mm -hmm. this, this chapter six, right. Yeah. Uh, when people start pulling one liners of the Bible, Mm -hmm. a lot of them come from chapter six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like as, as, so just a couple of weeks ago, I was asking pastor, I'm like, so are we still set to like be done on week 16? Cause I think it was like week 14. I'm like, we haven't even touched chapter six yet. Yeah. And like chapter six is for me, the meat and potatoes of this entire epistle. So um, yeah. Uh, any, any one of those lines that he said uh, yeah. that he read there uh, is, is worth dissecting. So what, what, it, what, what it go for you? Um, Honestly, I think the thing, and, and I, as a kid's pastor, you teach this a lot, the armor of God. Mm. Put on the full armor of God, which makes me wonder, is there stories in Ephesus where guys didn't? And there was, there was, some, there was some, you know, backlash from that. Like, not like they got in trouble, but like, yeah, so-and-so didn't put on his helmet and he got an arrow right in the head. Or so-and-so didn't put on his chest plate got, you know, got gutted. Like, are there things to, for, for, um, in that culture where they're like, Hey, if you're going out in a battle, don't forget anything. Yeah. You got to put everything on. Well, I, I think that's super. I think that was very common. Yeah. Is like, don't, Hey, you're, you're not too good to, to have the, you know, the breastplate. You're not too good for the helmet, you know, but we do that. Like, you know, you get guys who ride motorcycles without helmets. You're like, you're, I know you've been riding it for a while, but come on. Like that's, that's <laughs> still, you know, but like, I wonder if that was a culture of it. And then Paul says, Hey, attacks are coming, but, but God's got you covered. As long as you go full in that you bring everything with you, that with every attack, you have the helmet of salvation. Remind yourself, you know, I am saved through grace. And, and, and you're, and it's, I love this on your head. I'm, I'm remembering that, you know, the breastplate of righteousness that, you know, I have to remind myself I'm in right standing with God, right standing. So even when this attack comes to me, God is at, I'm in right standing with him. He's with me. 
you know, the belt of truth that, you know, you were talking about wrestling, you know, in all good wrestling and fighting, there's always good coaches reminding you, you know, Hey, Hey, keep going. Nope. Nope. Our, the word is full of so many powerful promises to keep us going some phrases and that you break down. You, ah, so, I mean, the sword of the spirit, like I can, I mean, the feet of, of, um, is the feet of the gospel or, um, but which is like our calling, but like, I, I, I know I'm misquoting. What? I think it's peace. Peace. Yes. Yes. You know, but all of these things we bring with us, you go, how can I lose? I have all of this with me. And it's the realization of how great God is and, and that he is in my life. Like he is with me. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is Paul saying with every battle, you're never alone. And you have to remind yourself of that because sometimes in battles you go, how am I going to do this? Well, you're not supposed to think that way. How, 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 how's God going to help me through this? Yeah. That's got to be the mindset. Right. So. Yeah. I, I, I like that. And I think what stands out to me is how Paul says, stand, mm-hmm. uh, stand, like yeah. just stand up yeah. because right now, even now, we're, we're at war every day. We're exhausted. We're weary. Pastor yes. Sonny talked about that. Yes, we're tired. Yes. And I think the tendency is to like, I'm going to shut up in my room, close the blinds, and I'm just going to lay here. But like, God's got me. I, yes. I know God's fighting for me, but like, I'm just going to stay here and I don't want to look at it. Yeah. Right. But he's not saying that. He's saying like, you got to stand and you need to be aware of what's happening. You mm-hmm. need to be aware of what's going on around you, but you still need to stand there. And I will, I will protect you. I'm going to see yeah. you through this. But like, you're going to, you're going to see it go by. Yeah. You're not going to be hiding. I was going to say, how many people will be affected by that too? How many people are going to be affected by the fact that you stand, you stood through it and made it through like, gosh, I mean, that could probably make people go like, maybe this God guy is real. You know, maybe, wow, man, you know, maybe, maybe I need to go to Megan more and go, Hey, how did you do it? Cause, cause I saw it. I saw your face and, yeah. and, and you're still smiling. Like, how are you doing it? You know? And I think, I think that's why I love it too. Is Paul's probably saying, Hey, imagine if a church stood in tough times, imagine what it could do for a city, yeah, for a group of people, you know? And so I, I love that. And, and, and there's an exclamation point, stand, don't give up. Don't, don't show these people that we're not cowards, that we're not weak, you know, that we are strong, that God's got us, like you said. So I, I, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I think oftentimes like I, I romanticize that people in the Bible are superhuman and, uh, I have to remind myself a lot of times that they're not, they, they actually had probably more against them than today's modern medicine would have in, in my position. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't superheroes. They, they bled, they died, they got colds, they got flus. Mm-hmm. And, but we, we read these stories in the Bible of these, of people that, I mean, they're just people. They, all of them were sinners. All of them. I mean, God has this uh, innate like love of using people that the world doesn't think should be anywhere near uh, the position to be used that God uses them. I mean, he, he uses the most unlikely people in almost every story in the Bible. Yeah. And he only has sinners to work with, mm-hmm. you know, so he's not yeah. pulling superheroes out. Yeah. But you know, when you, when you think about like, like these battles and these great triumphs, these, they were just normal people like you. They, they had, they were scared. Sometimes they weren't. Mm-hmm. but they were just normal. Yeah. They were just normal flesh and blood people. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, we're always, we're, if we're, we're always through the going on with this fight, right? We're always, we're always having this spiritual fight. And I, I said earlier, like, if you're doing it right, um, if you're doing it right, you probably have this spiritual fight. And if, if you're listening, you're like, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're, I don't know. I don't understand that. Yeah. Are you, are you, as a listener, I'm talking to you as a listener. If you're not experiencing <laughs> these things, are, do you think you're doing everything that you're called to do? Mm. I, I, there was a, a large portion of my life that I, that I, I was on the sidelines. Mm. Um, I wasn't a bad person. No, I was living a day to day. Yeah. I, I gave my, 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 my soul, my life to Christ. But I mean, I wasn't making any impacts. I mean, little here and there. I mean, there's, you can't go through the world and not make any impact, but I was making just little ones. Right. Um, I, I call that like just sitting on the sideline. I was watching the game go on, mm-hmm. you know, I was on the bench. Well, as soon as I got onto the playing field though, took the ball to move down the field. That's when the enemy game plan for me. Yeah. That's when the enemy, the enemy was like, I, I knew you, I knew you were on the sideline. But now that you're in the game, our defenses actually have to plan for your offense. Yeah. And, and when I say, if you're doing it right, mm-hmm. it's, it's not easy to be a Christian. No, it's, there's much easier ways of life, but also with that, there's really no better way of life mm-hmm. than living right. it with Christ. Right. And I think I imagine people saying, well, if it's so hard, what do I want to do? I, I like the sidelines. I think I'm so, I'm, I'm probably going to heaven. I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm a good guy. I'm a good girl. I don't, I don't do bad things. I encourage people. So like, why should I get on the field and play? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's, you get to play, you get to have the, you know, you get to have at, at, on earth as it is in heaven experiences with God. And, you know, and so I think they are, yes, there are some hard times, but man, there are some good times where you, and we can all agree where you're in tears of joy Mm. where you're like, where you read something that changes your life. And there's not a, there's, there's nothing that compares to it where you just go, gosh, there's nothing. And, and so, yes, I was the same way. I was like, it's just, I'm all right. I'll go back on the sidelines. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'll go. No, I'll get out. I'll get out. Just stop. Mm. You know? Um, but, but the victory that you get in the victory moments, those touchdown moments in your life, you go, man, but if I didn't keep running, I don't think I'd get to this place. I don't know if I'd be here. And I think that's one of the things I, I speak about the most, especially with the youth is like, if you just tried it, because I convince kids, I try to convince kids every week to get on the field, get on the field and see what God can do. And some people are like, nope, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to stay on the sidelines and I'm okay. I'm okay. But my prayer and hope is that they get on the field. Right. And I think we think, well, somebody else will get on the field, right? I can oh, stay on yeah, the yeah. sidelines and watch. I was just watching a show. And she said, um, I can't leave my post as a teacher because if I leave, there's just one less teacher. Mm. And I think that's same probably for all of us. Like we can't just sit on the sidelines and assume there's somebody else to step in for us. There's only one you. And if you're not in there, (laughs) there's just one less person. There's just one less you. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. (laughs) Something I I tell the the creative team um, at Life Church here on Sundays is you know, you, God chose you for whatever reason. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not my, it's not my job or, or, or 
positioned to like, you're not playing for me, mm -hmm. right? You're not, you're not doing these media things for me. God chose you for whatever reason. You don't have to. Yeah. In fact, when you, when you get on the platform and start doing worship songs in a large church, I can promise you your life's going to get that much more difficult. Mm. Yeah. So why would you, why would, why would you sign up for it? Cause what we're doing here is very temporary. You know, what would this, this is just a, a, it's a blink of an eye in my soul's in eternity. Mm -hmm. At the end of this little stretch here, I'm, I have on, on, on the fifth planet from the sun. When that stretch is done, I have to look at my father and account for the things I've done. And the one thing I just don't want, I like, I, is him to say, you did all right, but you could have done more. Mm. Yeah. You know, that disappointment. Mm. You could have done more. And so if I can do more, I got to do more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because like it or not, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, if you go to this church, you, uh, you probably have the same belief system mm -hmm. that a judgment is coming. Yeah. You know, that at some point you're going to be held accountable for every action and word that you spoke. And, you know, I, I, I feel sad for the ones that are going to look at the father and he's not going to know him. Jeez. I feel sad for that. Yeah, yeah. you too. Yeah. yeah. Like, so yeah. So yeah, it's, there's, there's days where the enemy is, tries, try some stunts with me. Mm -hmm. There's, there's dark moments of my life. Yep. And, and in some, some instances, a lot of them, but I'm, I'm not living my life for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, if I, if I was, yeah, there's a lot easier solutions. Yeah. yeah. That my life isn't when I, when I gave my life to Christ, I gave all of it. Yes. Not 90%, not 80%, 60 or 50, mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah. Now all of it's the good and the bad. Yep. And I said, you do with it as you see fit. Mm-hmm. And if I meant that, if I meant it, then, then the reality I'm living through on those terrible moments and days, that's, that's par for the course. That's what I signed up for. And I can't ever forget that. This yeah. is exactly what I signed up for mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. Yeah, so good, buddy. And, and so Paul's really clear here. There, there's the church, there's God, and there's a war being waged against him and his people by Satan and by, by his demons. And I want you to know this. Jesus loves us. Satan loathes us. God has a plan for us, but Satan has a plan for us. Jesus' plan is to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and to give you a future. Satan's plan is to steal from you, to, to kill you, to destroy you. Jesus' plan is to bless you in every way, but Satan's plan is to undermine that blessing in every way because this is a war. You, you know that, right? Who's going? I was, I was looking at you. I thought, I don't know why. I just thought you had something. Um... Man, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, 
It is a war. And um, again, I think the tendency is to is to relax and like pull up and off. But when Pastor Sean said, Satan has a plan for you. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a plan? And then I was like, oh, well, shoot. Yeah, of course he has a plan. But I never thought about it that way. Like he's got the, you know, he's got the playbook like out and he's yeah. like ready to like call plays against me. I felt that right before this whole pandemic thing happened. I was watching a TV show and I could, this person, I could tell that they were, they were preparing for something. They were preparing for a war, but it wasn't like a holy war. Yeah. This was like a war against, um, beliefs that like we have, they were like trying to disrupt that. And I felt God tell me, be prepared. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so am I preparing for war right now? And I mean, pre-pandemic, probably not. Mm-hmm. Like life looked a lot different, right? Yeah. And um, so that call to to get prepared, it's it put me in a new mindset of like, oh, what am I preparing for? Yeah, that's really right? good. That's really so good. So now I'm playing defense uh, against Satan. Wow. And like being being prepared. What's he going to do next? Do I have my players in place? Am I Am I ready? Wow, yeah. And it is true, like with every move towards God, every person that comes to a life group, every person who comes to you and says, hey, what you said really helped me a lot. Hey, thank you for praying with me. Hey, thank you for being in my life is one more, you know, uh, agenda that has been put on us. Gosh, uh, I mean, it was bad enough that you were, you know, team Jesus, but now you're recruiting people. and, And I think the loathing is the fact that he can, cannot be where we're going. Yeah. That so in his mind, if he if I have enough people who are with me, and I'll, I'll be okay with that. But if more people keep going where I can't, mm. I don't like that. Yeah. Because I him. yeah because I got I got banished from there, and I and I want more people to be banished from there, and I want more people to think that you know what is as, as long as they can, um, as I can get them to not. You know, and here's the thing: I don't think even though he's a private person, I think he likes that people don't believe in him. Said, cool, don't yeah. believe in me. Oh, yeah. Because I don't want you to, to believe it at all. I, I I wanna I wanna trick you and I wanna, you know, and I and that's why he's, you know, he's 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 sneaky and he's he wants to be because he doesn't, you know, he wants you just to be like, nope, I got me, 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 me. And but he knows if you, like he said earlier, surrender all to Jesus. Oh man. And then you, you're a threat because you're like, if that guy opens his mouth, if that girl opens her mouth and starts telling other people and they start getting convinced, oh man, I don't like these numbers, you know? And so, yeah. And I think that's what the war is. You know, the war is, I don't want to, I don't want to lose this, but I am going to lose this, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a war going on. Um, that's an over, overall arcing theme of the Bible. It's, uh, well, I mean, as I say that, like, like, I, I don't, I don't, if you, if you're listening and you kind of have like this, you think you have an over, overall arcing theme of the Bible, um, email it to me because like, like the, this one, I'm like the more, I like, I like having these talk, like discussions. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. so the, I mean, in, for the sake of the book of Ephesians chapter six, we're going to say the overall arcing theme of that is a war. Yes. Um, I, we, we know who wins this war. Right, we know at the at the end of the uh, book of Revelation that you know that Christ wins. We 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 know that Satan hasn't gotten that portion of the book, right? Because like, I mean, he has some ideas, but like he hasn't read the book. He doesn't mm-hmm. have it, right? Yeah. 
So he doesn't, he doesn't really know that he's going to lose. Yeah. So he's trying the best he can to, to win a war that he thinks he's actually going to win. Mm-hmm. I, the greatest accomplishment that Satan has had uh, is convincing billions of people that he doesn't exist. Yes. You know, it's, is he going to, does he ultimately win? No, he, he loses. Um, the overall arcing theme of the Bible for me in a lot of instances is, is not necessarily a war though. It's, it's war. Uh, but it's, it's like a story of God losing his best friend. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So right in the book of Genesis, right. Mm-hmm. The, the enemy's already there. Right. And he's already like, so they already have this long history together prior to that. Yeah. And, and one would say, well, with all the, all the terribleness that goes on in this world, God, why don't you just put an end to it? And I, I, I'm reminded that my God is not vengeful so much as, as a redeemer. Like he, 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 he puts fires out that need to be put out, but he also has a lot of patience because I, in my own experience, he's had a, a lot of instances to kill me. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he, he never took the shot. And if I, if I think about that as I'm one of his children and I think about Satan, also one of his children that was really close to him, like a friend, like best friend. Yeah. And Satan left. When I read the book more like, is this like a long story about God not giving up on a friend because he, he thinks that his friend's going to eventually come back. Mm-hmm. Like he, God sees a scenario that Satan is redeemed. Yeah. But at the end of it, the end of the book that we have, right? And that's, that's all the, the knowledge that we can be given, that we can be trusted with, that we can even wrap our brains around. Mm-hmm. At the end of our book, he, he doesn't. Yeah. He just doesn't. And then you have kind of this sympathy for, for this fallen angel that, that God loves. Mm-hmm. And he just never comes back. Yeah. So we're in a war. We're in the body of this story, mm-hmm. right? We're in the middle of this story. The story ends triumphantly and tragically. Yeah. It ends glorious and, and at the same time sad. Mm-hmm. But we're in a war. So what we're living in our day-to-day 2022, we're in February. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of a war. And every war has casualties on both sides. And because your, your life is what it is, you might be a casualty. Mm-hmm. And I feel for you. But you don't have to be. It yeah. doesn't have to be that way. doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. yeah. The world has wronged you, I'm sure. Yep. The world has wronged me. The world has wronged Megan, Dallas. The thing of it is the world's wronged us all mm-hmm. to different levels and different degrees of severity. But you don't, you, you don't have to keep living the way you're living right now because of it. Mm-hmm. Because you're on this path doesn't mean that you also can't be redeemed. 
Mm-hmm. If I read this book and I read it like the enemy can be redeemed. Yeah. Then why can't you be redeemed? That's Satan. Yeah. Why can't, what, what, what makes you feel like as if you're disqualified from redemption? Yeah. Yeah. We're in a war. Yeah. The closer you come to God, the, the closer you will get to that war. Yeah. If you're not feeling the war right now, I, 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 I challenge you and say, well, how close are you to God? Mm. How close are you at doing his will? Yeah. And maybe you're doing baby steps at it right now. And that's cool. But maybe your plate's a little, it's got a little more room for some, a little more food there. Wow. And can yeah. you, maybe it's time to go get some seconds. And that's not always comfortable. No. no. <laughs> you're going to have to step outside. Yeah. And like do more. And you're like, God, I don't, I don't think I'm that person. Yeah. I'm not good enough for that. Oh, I didn't gosh. go to church. I don't know the scripture. I could never be on a podcast yeah. talking about Jesus. Yeah. What do I know? Yeah. Right? Gosh. Yeah. So true. So true. <laughs> but you're never, you're never going to be there until you are. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 20 years ago, I wasn't living for Christ. At this, at this point of every year, I get nostalgic when in meditation because I remember where I was mm-hmm. of the year 2002 the ending part of winter going into spring. And well, that's probably a whole nother podcast. Know that there was a, there was, my life wasn't good. I, I was, I was defeated. Mm-hmm. And as I look 20 years later and look at, look at God, mm-hmm. look at my life now. Yeah. And if you're curious about anything I've just said, email me. Yeah. I email me out. I'm an open book. Very cool. But for the sake of a podcast and we'll keep moving, yeah. know that, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hosting a, a podcast for a large church in Green Bay to which I also pastor. Mm-hmm. But 20 years ago, that wasn't, that, that wasn't, that wasn't in, in, in the cards for me. Mm. Yeah. But God. Yeah. But God. And so let me give you a little advice. Don't be a coward. Don't be a coward who says, oh, well, things are hard. It, it, it just must not be God's will. You know God's will for your life. God spoke it to you. You felt it when you spent a few moments in prayer, when you spent a few moments spending time with him. Maybe when you were singing a song in here, you, you felt like something spoke to you. He, he gave you a plan. He, he gave you an agenda. He revealed something to you that you're supposed to do. And, and the minute that adversity comes, you can't be a coward and run from the plan that you know God has for you. You can't run away. You have to lean in. The harder it gets, the closer you are to the will of God. Yeah. Like that's, that's the Shelby quote. Man, God must be up to something good right, you know, right now. Um, because we're struggling and, and, and I have to give you context to that story. There are times where we do, um, the first time I heard it, we were practicing, um, we were on the worship team. Shelby and I met, you know, on our worship team in Las Vegas and she was a keyboard player. She wasn't even the singer, which is kind of funny, you know, and I was a bass player and, and at one point she was the leader. So she started singing and things like that. And we would just have practices where like, we weren't getting it. There's technical issues. There's just all these things. And, 
And we were like, why is this happening? Why is like one thing after another, after another? And she would, as a great leader she is, she'd go, you know what? Just means God's up to something good. Cause he's trying to, cause the enemy's trying to get us distracted off of what we're doing. Cause we weren't in a band. We are preparing to welcome people in the presence of God through worship. And so, uh, so yeah, so I love it, Pastor, that, you know, that, that if you're getting attacked, it just means you're close to God. And so that I, and not, you know, that's what I want to remind people. Yes, you, things are going tough, but God's there and he's, and he's knocking. He's going, I'm here. Don't, don't, don't try to do solo, you know, tag me in going back to wrestling, you know, tag me in, I'll help you. I'll, I'll finish, you know, just, but don't forget me. You can do this. I believe in you, you know, and, um, yeah. And I, again, that's where I go back to James. I'm going to count this as joy. God's got to do something in this. I'm going to keep trusting him in this. And, 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 and I remember when I first read that scripture, I was reading, uh, I was, I read that because I was struggling. My parents were getting a divorce. Um, no one, like I was losing friends because I was a Jesus person. And I just, I remember going to my basketball coach who was a Christian. And I said, I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Like I was just really done. And he goes, you know what you should do? You should read the book of James. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm glad I did. Cause that first verse, the first two verses, I was like, I needed that. I needed that reminder that I'm not alone and that God's going to do some crazy stuff in this. And it just, yeah. I, and it's one of my favorite verses because I needed it in that moment of just war of just like, why am I even doing this? And God's like, cause you're going to do great things. And I'm and, and as long, you know, as long as you keep me in it and you're not trying to do it solo, you're going to get it through, get through it. And so, um, yeah, but I love it. That's a good reminder that, you know, when things are getting tough, that means God's close and, and remind and remember that. So. I think that's interesting how just one, one word, one sentence mm-hmm. emboldened you because that is the Lord's work. The Lord is strength and yeah. fear and, and cowarding. That's the work of the enemy. And so when we're living in that or we're scared or, you know, beat down, like we're letting him win. Whereas one word, one, one piece of strength from God, it'll cast out the darkness. Like light always casts out darkness. We were just talking about that yesterday too. I'm going to read it real quick. Is that okay? So verse two says, dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes of any kind, comes your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For uh, you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Verse four says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I was like, yeah, if I got God in this, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to laugh my way out of this terrible time. And I, that's why uh, on my Bible app, it's all highlighted. <laughs> I'm reminded, I remind myself always to go to that. And it's just, I love it. Uh, what, what is, what is our, what is, what's the purpose of life? If, if it's not just this giant exercise in trust fall. Yeah. It's just a trust fall over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You, you know what trust fall is when yep. you, you know, you just, you, you put your arms in an X on your chest, <laughs> close your eyes and you fall backwards. Yeah. And hopefully the person behind you catches you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think someone who's living apart from Jesus or, or maybe not, but people would say, well, purpose of life is to be happy. Yeah. I want to be happy. Yeah. But what did you just say? That it's- when trouble comes, it considered an opportunity for great joy yeah. that you will find happiness right. in 
the troubles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're, right. if you're you know, hunting for happiness, yeah. you might find it. Yeah. Every, every now and again, every now and again, a blind squirrel can find a nut. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry. I never heard that phrase before. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. But, but I mean, in my experience, it's, it's just constant trustful. Yeah. In every, every yeah. sense of my life. Yeah. My finances, trustful. Oh yeah. My relationship, trustful. My yeah. marriage, trustful. Mm -hmm. My friendships, trustful. Yeah. His plan for me, trustful. His plan for me, trustful. His plan for me, trustful. Yeah. His plan for me. Yeah. Trustful. Yeah. Come on. And in my, in my life, I haven't really been tested with, with more, with, with a plan more than once. Once I pass the, the test, it's like, it's like, like grade school. Once I've passed this multiplication test, I'm not, I'm not tested on multiplication anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll assume I have it. Yeah. And I may use that application in other lessons I'm taught in, mm -hmm. but I'm not taught multiple, multiplication. I'm not tested out for that. And life's a lot for me the same way. Yeah. You know, when, when I had fears with finances, I was tested with finances a lot. Yeah. Tough to be happy when you're tested with finances a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> when I, when I had trust issues, I was, I was tested on trust over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Tough to be happy when you don't trust anyone. Yeah. You know, when anger issues, I got angry. All these little instances that got me angry. Yeah. They just kept presenting themselves. And then I say, well, did you see what the enemy just did to me? Mm. And God was like, no, no. Did you see what I just did to you? Amen. Because once you get this lesson and they all start, all these lessons start colliding together. Yeah. Then, then you're going to be ready for your calling. Yeah. Yeah. So when, if you're listening, you're like, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Goes back to Megan, the question I initially posed to Megan, like, Ask, have you stopped and just said, why? Mm -hmm. what, what do I need to learn right now from this? What do I need to learn right now from this? In my experience, when you pass the test with flying colors, you ain't going to be tested on it again. Mm. Ain't going to be, ain't going to be. Will it be easy? No. Will you find happiness in it? Maybe. Maybe. I can't guarantee that. Right. But again, the more I trust fall into God, uh, he knows what I need. And the, I would say the vast majority of my life, I'm happy. I'm peaceful. I'm joyful. Was I always this way? I would be lying to you if I said I was. Mm -hmm. There are instances in my life where I did not trust God. And it only reaped more distrust, more distrust. And that's what I sowed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, as, good. We, as we close the, this podcast, you know, I was... I was thinking about this uh, as we're listening to the clips. I'm going to reference a movie and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the, a YouTube link in the show notes for the movie I'm referencing. Just the, just the little scene that I'm talking about. And you don't need to watch the whole movie to get this scene because I think this scene as it stands alone applies to pretty much everything else in life. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to you about this wise movie called Age of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Marvel movie. So you're already thinking, well, there's probably a lot of wisdom coming out here. I think Megan knows exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm sure I could point right to the scene. <laughs> right. I 100% know what you're yeah. talking about. Well, anyway, in, in this scene, so, I mean, the whole synopsis of the movie, it's a superhero movie. 
There you go. I'll cut you right uh, down. Yeah. I'll cut I, you I right down to an yeah, hour yeah, and yeah. fifty-two minutes yeah. into it. <laughs> well, anyway, there's there's a battle going on. A great battle. Yeah. Uh, what's currently happening is they're fighting this battle on this city that's floating, that's going towards the sky. It's gonna yeah. eventually go towards the sky, and the whole city's gonna implode because yeah, because of gravity and because of gravity. Science. <laughs> so, so what what's happening here is they're fighting this war. The superheroes, these the the, the Avengers, mm -hmm. right? They're fighting this war against an army of robots. Yeah. And you're like, wow, the wisdom's just pouring out here. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to cut to this, cut to the scene. There's a, a battle waging uh, destruction everywhere. People are running and screaming. Um, and one of the, one of the superheroes in the movie, her name's Wanda. She, she dives into this, this busted up building, right? Cause there's war going on, bombs everywhere. And she falls to the ground, terrified. And she runs to the, she like crawls backwards up against the wall and she's crying. She's like scared. She's, uh, you know, for, obviously it's a war. Mm -hmm. Imagine a war zone. Yeah. And then Jeremy Renner enters and he's an archer. So we'll give you that. He's an archer. And, and he looks no at powers. Her. No powers. He's just yeah. a normal human being. Yeah. Just with, he's a really good archer. Yeah. He goes to her and she's freaking out and she, and she's continuously saying, it's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. Because eh, I'll give you, she did, she was the, the protagonist in the mm -hmm. earlier part of yes. the, or the antagonist of the earlier part of the movie. So it's a little bit her fault, but he looks at her and says, and these, these words correlate so much with my, with my Christianity and my faith. He goes, he, he goes and he says something like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's your, it's your fault. It's everyone's fault. It's no one's fault. It, does, it doesn't really matter. All right. It doesn't really matter. Now you can stay in here, be scared. That's fine. I'll go get your brother and he'll come back and he'll go, he'll, he'll, he'll get you to safety. Everything will be fine. But if you don't and you go out there and fight, you're an Avenger. Uh, when, when that line comes, I think like how often am I backpedaling up against the wall, terrified? Yeah. I'm thinking my circumstances, my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault. Mm -hmm. and, and God just looks at me and goes, yeah, yeah, sure. It's your fault. Yeah, fine. You know, it's your fault. It's your neighbor's fault. It's your job's yeah. fault. It's your boss's fault. Yeah. You know, it's your wife's fault, your husband's fault, whatever, whatever. But that's, 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 that's not point here. Now you stay here out of the battle. That's fine. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get another soldier. He may not be as good. He may not be as charismatic. He may not have the words as you, but that's fine. But if you do choose to go out on the battlefield, you're fighting for me. So that, it, it, the scene ends with Jeremy Renner saying the, like the jokingly saying, the, the town's floating. Yeah. We're fighting an army of robots. Yeah. And I got a bow and arrow. Yeah. Nothing makes sense. And then he goes out and goes back into the battle. And I wonder too, you know, your, 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 your life's imploding. You're fighting an army of whatever. Mm -hmm. And all you have is a bow and arrow. Come on. And the armor of God. Come on. Yeah. What are you going to do? You gonna take the shot. So good. You stay in the room. He's want. preaching the Bible and comic books. I'm all for it. <laughs> Dallas is like, this is a whole new podcast, yes. baby. <laughs> Come on. So. You, you can, you can stay out of the fight. That's fine. Yeah. No one, no one would, no one would, you know, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. It wouldn't be disappointed. They understand. It's tough. Yeah. But if you go out and fight for Christ, 
And by fighting for Christ, you you don't typically have to pick it. You don't have to. No. You don't have to go fist fight. You don't have to go scream at people. You just need to stand. Come stand. on, stop it, you two. That's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's if you just treat people kind, you're fighting for Christ. Yep. Come on. Now, if you treat people like garbage, like, yeah. like the internet may have you believe that that's how we should interact with one another. Yeah. If you do that, mm-hmm. you're not fighting for Christ. No. Come you're on. Actually, you're, you're you're doing the exact opposite. Yep. Yeah. But if you treat people with kindness, with love, with patience, with joy, mm-hmm. you you treat people how you want to be treated. You treat them as, as, as uh, you treat your neighbors yourself. You're fighting in this war. Will it get hard? Probably. If you're doing it right, it probably will, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Come on. Hey, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Chew on That. If you enjoyed this episode and think someone you know may benefit from the topics we discussed, hey, please share the link to this podcast uh, on your social media platforms. Uh, the more people that get exposed, which is the more uh, the more opportunities we have to share uh, the life-giving message of Jesus and and what we're doing here at Life Church. Yeah. Um, we'd also love it if you could rate and review the podcast. Again, five stars, just, it just looks good. All right, guys. <laughs> so again, my name's Keith, Pastor Dallas. Yep. Megan, thank you so much uh, for for joining this week. Uh, it was a, it was a good episode, and I look yeah, forward to next week, great. guys. Awesome. Uh, we look forward to uh, talking with you all next week. Thank See you. Yeah. Bye.